1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Soul Gate Conscience Hebrews 10, verse 22, Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Soulgate Reason Isaiah 1, verse 18 Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Soulgate Imagination 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 We are destroying speculations of every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Soulgate Mind Romans 12 verse 2 And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Soulgate Emotion Philippians 4 verse 7 And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Soulgate Choice Deuteronomy 14, verse 2 For you are a holy people to the Lord, your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for His own possession. Out of all the peoples, we are on the face of the earth. Soulgate Will 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Soulgate Doubt Matthew 14 verse 31 Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying to him O you of little faith why do you doubt Soulgate doubt defined as a noun a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction as a verb feel uncertain about or fear be afraid of Soulgate doubt. In Matthew 14, verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? We as Christians can cannot help but just to think about Peter every time we think about that scripture. But yet you think about Peter that he had faith. He was moved by fear to ask Jesus to come out, to step out, 
And he did. And you look as far as what happened when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. And we know the story and we've heard it time and time again from anointed preachers. But how does this pertain to you? When one of the gates in our soul is doubt. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit minister to us. Holy Spirit help us. Because when you doubt, you question. There's no longer a trust factor. The questioning in your brain manifests in your body and now you're just trying to understand the situation. So when you think about doubt and how the main objective of doubt is to draw your strength, is to draw your understanding, is to draw you to stress, is to draw you to worry. And when you realize this, suddenly you know that you're not alone. In the story of Peter, he realized I am sinking. And he cried out for help. This is that moment right now. That maybe you are someone that you're just so headstrong that you have so many doubts. You're so headstrong that you overthink things which make you doubt. Or you're so headstrong that you don't even know what's right or wrong anymore. You're just confused which makes you doubt. Whatever that situation may be, Cry out to Jesus Christ right now. He won't hesitate. The Word of God says immediately. Immediately, Holy Spirit within you will strengthen you. Immediately, Holy Spirit will touch you. So that this area of doubt that's trying to attack your mind and trying to put worry in you will not succeed. It will not form itself against you. It cannot happen. Why? Because it's the Word. Now normally people will say, Amen, praise God, so be it. That's right. But doubters will even question that. How can you say that it won't form against me and it won't succeed? You don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what it looks like. And you're absolutely right. I don't. But I trust that God, the creator of this entire world, God the Father of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who made me one with our Heavenly Father that gave me the Helper, the Spirit, Holy Spirit who goes before me will go before you and help you. In James 1 verses 5 through 8 it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generosity to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Wow! Double-minded and unstable in all they do. 
should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Doubters are like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So when you ask, believe and don't doubt. Glory to God. That's just a little recap of James 1 verses 5 through 8. Why is this so important that Holy Spirit would minister to this soul gate? It's because this is where the enemy wants to build his playground, folks. This is where the enemy wants to just have a heyday in your soul. So that everything else in the renewing of your mind, in your emotions, everything else will just be puppets. And he wants to do nothing more than to pull these strings to make you go crazy. To make you trust in your own strength, in your own faith, in your own pride. That is just completely out of this world, isn't it? To think that you can do anything remotely close to what Jesus Christ did. However, that's what we are saying to God. That's what we are saying to ourselves when we allow doubt to renew our mind. When we allow doubt to renew and manifest itself, that's what we're telling God that I got this because I don't trust you. That is what we're doing when we're doubting. We're telling God that my situation is bigger than you are. When we know the truth that when you speak your situation in the name of Jesus, we know how grand, how big our God is, and we know what Holy Spirit is prepared to do. However, it takes that split second moment, are you going to trust? Make the choice. Well, Brother Joey, I think that I do trust, but I just don't have enough faith. I just feel like I'm sinking all the time. Well, beloved, I'm not making fun of you at all because that is a legitimate concern and statement. But the absolute truth and reality, Holy Spirit minister to us, teach us, you're the only teacher, is that when Christ is in you and you are in Christ, Jesus is our faith. Jesus is the faith. There's nothing lacking in our faith. The enemy wants to drag you into this realm of works. The enemy wants to drag you into this worldly realm. It is our duty and responsibility in believing, in trusting in God and what He did on the cross is perfect. We made an exchange. I am one with my Heavenly Father. This is who I am. I am the beloved of God. Holy Spirit is in me and goes before me. It's our duty. We are called, chosen. It's our obligation to trust and to glorify God in our believing. Yes, Holy Spirit is believing. So if you don't have Holy Spirit, we will pray. But I encourage you that anytime this demonic thing tries to come in in doubt and try to mask itself as far as concern and then worry and then now you got depression and anxiety and now what happens? We learned earlier that when you start feeling these things, now body hurts. 
Now you have body aches. And then what happens? Well, you go to the store, get some drugs for it. So it'll help you out. Then my point is this, is that the enemy, he's not the creator. He can't create nothing new. It's all distractions. And these distractions are all aimed at you to get your eyes off of Jesus. That is the number one thing that we must do. One one hundredth of a second. Fastest muscle on the body. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. Renew your mind on the goodness, on the grace, on the mercy of God. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. Thanking God for Jesus. Thanking God for Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. With everything you got, just thanking God in the Spirit. Hallelujah. What are you doing? Oh my goodness. You not only equipped yourself with every bit of armor in Ephesians 6, but you just completely demolished that demonic attack of doubt. Father God, I just thank you so much. Hallelujah, Father, for your anointing Holy Spirit. Thank you for teaching us. You get all the glory always, Father. Oh, glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit. It's all glory to you, our teacher, our helper. That when the enemy tries to attack us with doubt, with worry, with anxiety, Father, that we fix our eyes on you, Lord Jesus Christ. We renew ourselves in you, Father. That that split second, Father, we know that you are for us, that you live in us. We live in you. There's no separation, Father. There was an exchange made, and hallelujah, we are filled, we are sealed with your spirit. And Father God, I thank you that in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray over anyone who has ears to hear, Father, in their spirit, Father God, Holy Spirit, you are in charge. We submit completely to you, Holy Spirit, we want nothing more than to follow you. Go before us, Holy Spirit, prepare the way. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you silence the enemy. The enemy has no voice, that you confuse him upon himself. And that, Father God, that you rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. We thank you so much, Father God, for your spirit guiding us, leading us into everything good and perfect, your divine plan, divine appointments. Thank you, Father God, that you provide because you provided in us. Jesus lives in us. We live in Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are in us in overflow, and we just thank you. Father God, thank you so much for this revelation, knowledge, this breakthrough. Thank you, Father, for your wisdom, and thank you so much, Father God, for increasing our ministry and for blessing all those, Father God, all of those, Father, that come along beside us, Father, that we're going and making disciples, that we're going and telling the good news, that we're going, Father God, laying hands so people get filled with the Spirit, and that all those, Father God, that are dealing with sickness, with dealing with disease, dealing with any type of oppression or possession, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, Father, will wash them clean. And we just thank you so much, Father, that you start on our temple. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Soul Gate Choice, Deuteronomy 14, verse 2. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a peace for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Soulgate choice is an interesting one because it always comes down to a choice. Now when you meditate on that, it sounds very simple. Praise God. 
I love simple. However, choice also could be the result of what the body wants versus what the spirit wants. Choice can be what the body and the soul wants versus the spirit. But what we pray in Jesus' name is that the choice will be what the Father wants in our spirit because Holy Spirit will decide. See, that is the defining moment right there. When you're confronted of a situation or even some thought that enters your mind, will you choose to meditate on that? And if it's not of God, how quickly will you fix your eyes on Jesus and give that thought to God so that Holy Spirit can take care of it? It's a choice. Sometimes we feel like, I, I just don't have a choice. I'm addicted. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because that mentality says that you are not in God and God's not in you. Well, Brother Joey, I'm a Christian and I've been dealing with this for years now. So you can't be bold enough to say, no. Beloved, hear me. And I rudely interrupt you because this is gospel. If you're saying you continuously make a choice because you have no power over it, that's not God. So I remind you, when Jesus laid down his spirit, he laid down everything that was due to us. Every bad decision our sinful nature, all of the sins we could possibly ever do, all the shame, the guilt, it's iniquity. The perversity, everything you could think of, rebellion, pride, Jesus took it upon his body. And everything glorious due to Jesus became available to us because we live in him and he lives in us. Amen? So isn't this beautiful, just to encourage you, that this is our absolute truth as a child of God. As a son of God, this is who I am. Jesus lives in me. This temple is Holy Spirit's. I belong to God. So for me to say that I cannot make the correct choice, or I keep getting pulled to making the wrong choice, it speaks against completely the gospel. Basically, what you're doing is you're saying that your works is actually earning salvation. Oh, well, I did not say that, brother. I did not. Yes, you are. Based on your actions and your fruit, I'm allowed to be a fruit inspector now. That's what you're doing. We don't want to make those choices. We don't want to make those choices that tear us apart, that bring condemnation because we stepped out in our own will. We don't want to live a life with no victory and no power because that right there is spitting at the face of Jesus if you want to live a life that way. Jesus said, I must go 
so that you have a helper. Amen. Jesus even said that. That we'll be doing greater things than he did. Hallelujah. Because he is seated at the right hand of our Heavenly Father. In majesty, in glory, in perfection, with all the power. But yet, how can we live our life thinking that God allowed us to struggle? God allowed us to be an orphan in this situation. No, beloved, that's false. God is for you. God is head over heels in love with you. God wants nothing more than for you to make the choice to trust in Him, to renew yourself in Him. God wants you to make the choice to submit to Holy Spirit, to have fellowship with Him. God wants you to make the choice to talk to Him. Stop being weird. God is not weird. God loves you. God wants nothing more for the choice to be made to live abundantly, victoriously, spreading the gospel of His goodness, of His perfection, manifested in Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ paid that price so that we are set free and that all we have to do is just rely on Him, trust in Him, be led by Him. And it's a life so abundant. It's a life so beautiful. I encourage you. God made the choice. Will we? Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Holy Spirit, thank you for ministering to us about this choice. And Father God, we pray over our soul gate that makes choices. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus that the choices we make are easy, Father, because Holy Spirit, you guide us and direct our paths. That Holy Spirit, that you shut those doors that we're not even to choose from, that we can't even make it an option. That you swing open those doors that we just walked through, Father God. That's my prayer, Father. That the choice is made simple. And that, Father, that the enemy cannot trick us. That you stop the enemy in his tracks, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, and what you've paid for. Hallelujah. You're my Lord, my Savior. And I just thank you so much, Lord Jesus, that you made the choice to lay down your spirit for me. And that, Father, you made the choice to send your spirit to raise me, the same spirit that rose Jesus. And I just thank you so much, Father God, in healing us, in delivering us from this oppression. And Father, for those who don't know you, that they are no longer possessed by this thing. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, pray this out with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for my sins. I want you in my heart. I open my heart to you. You are my Lord and my Savior. Father God, thank you that Jesus paid for me. Thank you that you paid the price. And Father, I call upon Holy Spirit to just fill me in overflow. And I thank you, Father, for a life more abundantly. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Soulgate Imagination. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience 
of Christ. Soulgate Imagination Definition The ability to imagine things that are not real. The ability to form a picture in your mind of something that you have not seen or experienced. Or the ability to think of new things. Or something that only exists or happens in your mind. Soulgate Imagination We're going to start off in Romans 12 too. I know we've covered this a lot. However, we need to renew ourselves and we need to inscribe this. For we are in Christ and Christ is in us. And I am thankful that Holy Spirit is ministering to us in this way. For we see the correlation as far as how every body gate, every soul gate goes back to this right here. In Romans 12 too, in King James Version it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. What I found out through the years of ministry is that those individuals with great imagination do a lot of daydreaming. Now, this can be something that is beneficial to your spirit if you're daydreaming about godly things. However, unfortunately, what I find myself ministering to are many of the younger generation daydreaming on things not of God. And what does that do? It sparks up imagination in your mind. And next thing you know, that imagination is so powerful that it starts manifesting. It starts to become real, tangible in the way you act and carry yourself. And so I encourage you that when you choose to daydream, daydream on God's thoughts. Daydream on everything good and perfect in Christ. If you must daydream or if you find yourself wandering, if you find yourself just thinking out and about of whatever it may be and you know that it's not of God and it's making you feel bad and you're imagining something that is not of God and it's just tormenting your mind. Stop! Don't meditate on the fact that you're daydreaming about something that is no good and now all you're doing is just heaping condemnation upon yourself. Simply stop. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God for Jesus. Next thing you know, you're daydreaming about what Jesus Christ did for you. I know you may say, Brother Joey, it just sounds so simple. Here you go making it sound so simple. Beloved, the gospel is simple. God loves you. Jesus died for you. 
You died with Jesus that day if you've given over your life to him. And now you're not your own because you died and you were born again in Christ. Those daydreams belong to God. Hallelujah. Isn't that a wonderful perspective? That when a daydream comes that's not of God or an intruder tries to come into your imagination, immediately you could hold that imagination captive and you say in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to go. Holy Spirit, you are my helper. Holy Spirit, forgive me that I'm meditating on the wrong things. I command in the name of Jesus Christ, this imagination be burnt out of me. Praise God. Another common factor that I've found through the years is imaginations come from a lot of storytelling. Yes, storytelling. Whether it's stories from your past experiences, whether it's stories that you may have heard or even a movie. We live in such a world that our smartphones are just contaminated with junk. And if you allow it, you can start telling yourself a story through what you're looking at on your smartphone. Yes, I can say computer. Yes, I can say whatever. But you know what I mean. The smartphone is just always with us. Our phones are always with us. But storytelling triggers imagination because it could, it could either be something that happened in your past or something that you're just talking about, some kind of story, a movie, TV show, whatever it may be, and then now that triggers your imagination. Well, my challenge to you is this. Rather than meditating on those storytelling moments of entertainment, of whatever it may be, through, through the people you, you surround yourself with, in those moments, make a choice that I am no longer going to tell these kind of stories whether they're crude or dirty or you know filth I'm going to decide I don't need to go there I don't need to tell those kind of stories or jokes because what it does to your imagination is it contaminates your soul and now your soul compromise because now your soul is controlling your body to say things to act out things in imagination coming to what we discussed earlier, manifesting itself, becoming real. A big one about storytelling is, once again, with the younger generation, are ghost stories, horror movies, and so forth. And you know, it's something that ignorant that they may see as innocence, However, what you're opening yourself up to is a spiritual realm that, I'm sorry, if you're a Christian, however, you've never submitted to Holy Spirit, but yet you open yourself up through imagination, the demonic realm, come on now, what do you expect? Now to encourage you, if you have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit is right there to encourage you right now right now say Holy Spirit release this from me 
Take it away. Holy Spirit, you are in charge. My imaginations are your thoughts. I will only imagine your goodness and your mercy in hot pursuit over me. I will only imagine me running, running, running after all of the things you have set before me and behind me is everything good and perfect and all the blessings that surround me. That's what I choose to imagine. If I want to tell a story, I'll tell a story about David and Goliath. I'll tell a story about Moses. Tell a story about Noah. Oh, well, Brother Joey, that ain't that fun. It's not that fun because your soul right now is in charge of your body and your little bitty spirit is just a slave to all this entertainment. And I encourage you that when you make this adjustment and you make a choice to put your soul under, to put your flesh under and say, Holy Spirit, you're in charge. I want to live a victorious life. I want to have God thoughts. I want to tell stories of, of God. I want to tell stories of what Jesus did for me. I want to tell stories of how God loved me even before I was made. I want to tell stories of Holy Spirit who's always there for me and going before me, preparing the way. I want to tell stories that encourage not only myself, but everybody around me. The next thing I want to address is your environment. If you choose not to change your environment around people that either draw negativity out of you, either circumstances or situation that you submit yourself in and it triggers your imagination to bad thoughts, it triggers your, your imagination to do wrong things, it triggers your imagination to just meditate, to marinate in filth until you act out, change your environment. Well, Brother Joe, you just don't know. I mean, my family, they're this way and all that. Change your environment. Well, Brother Joe, you just don't know. Uh, I've been at that church for this many years and, and I have this position. Change your environment. There is nothing, let me repeat this, there is nothing more important than Holy Spirit. There is nothing. You need to make a change. And once you make that change, God will then surround you with like-minded Christians, with like-minded children of God, filled with Holy Spirit. And what you do now is storytelling, fellowship. Even when you're not in fellowship, you're daydreaming about amazing things. When I say amazing things, you're talking about miracles that took place. You're talking about breakthroughs in, in other Christians' lives. You're talking about how God provided and how God restored and how God healed. And you're just seeing the absolute truth and reality. And it's no longer imagination. It manifests itself. Remember, because you're imagining it, it's so powerful. It's the truth. Your imagination will manifest itself. So when you're imagining on all the goodness, the grace, the abundance, the love of God, that starts to bear witness. It starts to produce fruit. And hallelujah in the name of Jesus, you just can't get away from it. And by the grace of God, you're surrounding yourself with the agape love of God, the godly love. 
So I just thank you so much that we're agreeing right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch our minds. Our imaginations, Father, is only going to be of you. Father, when we imagine the wrong thing, Holy Spirit, say it with me. Holy Spirit, hold on to that. Cast it out of me in Jesus' name. I do not want that released into my brain. I do not want to renew myself in that wrong thought. I hold that captive. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are in charge. And Father God, you love us and I thank you for blessing me with an abundant life in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Soul gate, mind. Now we know in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our church, our foundational scripture is John 10, 10. And Jesus Christ said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that you have life and have life more abundantly. Amen. And the reason why that is our foundational scripture it ties in together because we as a ministry, as children of God, we fix our eyes on Jesus. I cover all the time, time and time and time again. The eye muscle is the fastest muscle in the entire body. I get teased a lot because it's one one hundredth of a second. That's right, one one hundredth of a second. So when we practice on what Hebrews 12.2 says about fixing our eyes on Jesus, what happens is, is that one one hundredth of a second reaction, it goes into our brain. Now the brain, what we've learned in the past, the brain is the one that falls in love. The brain is the one in a fraction of a second it falls in love. And then when you fall in love, it releases those drugs into your system. And your heart then lines up with what your thoughts are. So the mind is a very, very powerful thing. We discuss all these different gates having to do with the body and now with the soul. And isn't it amazing that it's always processed in your mind? It's always processed in your brain. And it's all within a split second of transferring that information back and forth. So the importance of us renewing our minds is this simple fact that when you renew your mind in God you are falling in love with Jesus all over again well brother Joey how's that how's that the case I love God what do you mean by falling in love all over again I don't understand what you mean and I thank you beloved for asking that question because this is the reason why I say this when you fall in love your mind is the one that falls in love Remember, how quickly your eyes focus, one one hundredth of a second, you take that information in, in your mind, it then gets processed in a fraction of a second, you're in love, and in those drugs, all that is released into your system. The heart lines up. This is what's so beautiful about this. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, immediately you fall in love all over again. You're renewing your mind in what Jesus Christ did for you on that wonderful exchange he did on the cross. 
you are reminded as far as what God did and how he sent his beloved begotten son to save you. You're reminded as far as when Jesus Christ took upon the cross all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your iniquities. You're reminded that you died with him that day. And all of this is happening in a split second. So when you're reminded as far as these facts, the absolute truth that you died with Jesus that day, then you're reminded that I am not alone because Jesus lives in me, I live in him, and I am raised from the dead with the same spirit that pulled Jesus Christ out of hell. Hallelujah. And we know the scripture that Jesus Christ has the keys. Jesus Christ has the power. In all of the heavens and on earth, he has the power, the authority, and he given that uh, to us. He gave it to us in his Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful that when you renew yourself, when you renew your mind that way, your heart is overflowing with Holy Spirit, with the agape love, and you're just thanking God now. You're just thanking God. Oh, thank you so much, Father God that you love me, that you gave me Jesus Christ. That Father, that I worship you and you hear me because you're one in me. There's no separation. Holy Spirit, you're in charge and I'm so thankful. We have just renewed our mind. How does the enemy want to attack our mind? Our enemy wants to attack our mind by distractions. The enemy does not want you to ever renew your mind in God. The enemy never wants you to think good thoughts. The enemy wants you to wrestle with your thoughts with the hope that you'll just keep being distracted. You'll keep spinning your tires. You don't get nowhere. You, don't, you feel powerless. Your soul, your body, your spirit just tired. Why? Because of the fact that you're spinning your tires. And you're renewing your mind unintentionally in the world every day. When you have the option to plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. What did you just do? You just spoke out what your mind is renewing in the goodness and the mercy of God our Father. Declaring, Jesus, you are Lord. I'm renewing myself in you. I thank you, Father God, that I'm never alone, that your Holy Spirit lives in me, and that you go before me. Oh, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father God, that you took care of this thought, this thought that tried to creep in and make me renew myself in this world. I thank you, Father God. I'm not going to do that because this is not my world. I am not a citizen of this place. I'm a citizen of heaven. I belong to you, Father God. So I just thank you so much, Father. See what we're doing? We're renewing. Now this takes work. Oh my goodness, hear my work. This takes work. This is not some kind of lame message where you're like, oh wow, well I feel better. That's great. Good job, Joey. No. Listen to the anointing and the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us. God wants nothing more than a relationship with you. How do you have a relationship with him? You spend time with him. You rest in him. You seek him. You're always just talking about Him. If you're not talking about Him, you're meditating on Him. If you're not meditating on Him, you're imagining what it's like to just be in heaven. You're imagining what it's like in your situation, whether it's believing for a cure, whether it's believing for a better marriage, whether it's believing God for your child. 
Hallelujah. Those are the things that we renew our minds in, in the goodness and the mercy of God. But the enemy wants you to renew your mind in, uh, you guys have been arguing this many years. Well, how do you think it's going to get better? Oh, you think your child is going to get better? Your child is just getting older. Your child just don't, don't even like you. Oh, you think you're going to get out of debt? How are you going to get out of debt when you could barely pay your bills right now? Am I keeping this too real or am I just telling you how it is? The enemy wants you to renew yourself, to renew your mind in him. Not the capital H, in the enemy. He wants you to renew yourself in this world, in your situation, in your circumstance. So now what does that do to your body? Because now you're renewing yourself in these negative thoughts. You're actually giving power on these thoughts because now not only you've renewed it, but now your heart is lined up with this lie from the pit of hell. Well, now it starts manifesting in your demeanor. Now it starts manifesting in the way you talk. Now it manifests itself. It becomes real in your relationship. And now you don't want to have a relationship with God because now you feel victimized. Now the self-loathing comes in. Now there's nothing but condemnation. And you don't want to go to church. You don't even want to have fellowship with those spirit-filled Christians because they're always happy. They're always talking about God. They're always talking about how amazing everything is when here you are in your situation because what? You've renewed your mind in those thoughts. You're meditating on it. So your heart fell in love with that. So we take it a step further because we're talking about the soul gate mind. How does that affect the body? Well, once you start meditating on these negative thoughts, regardless what kind of negative thought, if it's negative, it produces negativity. It produces sickness. It produces disease. It produces just a hard heart. This is the reason why God says in Romans 12 to, to renew your mind. Be transformed. Renew your mind. Hallelujah. So Father God, right now we just come to you boldly. Covered by the blood of Jesus through your spirit, Father, and your spoken word that does not return void. Father, take captive of our minds. Father God, we do not want any thoughts of the enemy in our minds, Father. And Father, if that thing tries to creep up, Holy Spirit, we submit to you that our spirit will line this body up. This, this spirit will line up the body and the soul. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you will line everything up so that when this attack comes, you are the one that's going to take care of it for me. And I will not meditate on these thoughts, that I will continue to renew myself in your goodness and mercy, Heavenly Father. And I just thank you so much that as I renew myself in what you did for me, Lord Jesus Christ, I am falling in love with you all over again. I am washed clean constantly. I am not a sinner. I am beloved. I am a child of God. I am one with God. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am at peace. I am in love. I am in joy. I am in health. I am in prosperity. Why, Father God? Because I am in you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.